Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world. Join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey there, and welcome back to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and I want to say thank you for joining us today as I bring on my guest, Joe Steiner. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jen. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about this. And we, we've had some um, issues getting together. And sometimes that happens, you know, where we have third time's a charm or second time's a charm and pulling this together. But I'm so happy to yeah. have you here. And I want to introduce a little bit about you so that everyone who's listening uh, knows what we're all going to be talking about. Uh, you are a former uh, professional racehorse jockey um, providing... Um, private tours of the Del Mar racetrack all the time. You're also a mindset coach for athletes needing confidence, right? To place um, a, a place for them to confide and express themselves in a way that they can go into a positive direction. And I know that this has to do with your history and what we're going to be talking about today. You also are an advocate for oxygen and detoxification of health for everybody, but you really work a lot with horses. And I want to, I can't wait to have you tell the one story about the horse that you had told me about, um, you know, but I, and we're going to talk about a lot of things, but let's, um, let's start with your, the ceiling you broke through in your, in your career. So you can start at the very beginning, uh, you know, about you wanted to be a jockey. You didn't want to be a jockey. What brought all that on and some of the trials and tribulations you had in becoming a professional jockey? All right. So we can go all the way back to when I was about five years old. Oh, wow. And so when I was, yeah. So I, the thing is, I, I came from a racetrack uh, background, whereas my grandfather was a jockey and back in the 30s. And then oh, he became a trainer. And then my uncle was a jockey. And so that's my mom's brother. So as I was growing up and I'm five years old, um, I was at the races and I looked up and I saw my uncle on a horse and I said, that's what I want to do. I, I, I knew right then I said, I want to be a jockey. So I set my sets, my, my sight on that at that point. And I was around, let's say, let's fast forward to I'm 12 years old and a guy from down the street, we lived at, we lived in a farm and the guy down the street had a farm and he had some race horses and Here's me. I mean, I'm working at the track and I'm grooming horses and I'm, and I'm learning all about it and I love it, you know. So this guy offers me an opportunity to get on horses at his farm down the street and, to, and, and learn how to be a jockey. So he says, come on down. So I, me and another kid were, were going around the shed row learning how to jog horses and I was getting a feel for things and I was, I was having a blast. And then, th then the guy says, hey, um, we need to have a talk. And I said, okay. And he put his arm around me and he said, you know, he says, I only have time to focus on one guy. And he goes, um, I'm looking at your parents They're They, and he goes, I got a feeling you're going to get too big. So I'm, I'm afraid I can't work with you. I'm going to work with this other kid over here. And I said, okay. So that, that was ended at that point 12, but it didn't stop me because I knew 
uh, nothing was going to stop me. So right. the next week I was at the barn at the track and, and, and I was in the shed row and, and um, grooming horses again. And a, a little man walked down the shed row, same size as me, cause I'm 12. And so this guy was the same size as me. <laughs> and he says to me, yeah, he's a little tiny man. And, and I go, um, he says to me, you know, as soon as you learn how to ride, you come down and see me. And I thought, okay. And I said to my grandfather, who is that? He said, that's Johnny Longden. So Johnny Longden, um, you, you can look him up. He, he won over 6,000 races of the jockey. Oh, and wow. he was, uh, I mean, he was a legend. He won the triple crown. He won the Kentucky Derby. I mean, he, I mean, all the big races and all the, the uh, accomplishments of anybody's dream as a jockey. And so he offered that to me. So, um, now fast forward now that's 12 now I, I at 15 my grandfather takes me to California and um I, I was learning the basics on how to ride and all that stuff and I went right to Johnny Longdon's barn at Santa Anita and um he put me on horses and next you know I, I was it I ended up second in the nation for uh young riders that wow. year in 1982. Wow. So, I mean, it was a major accomplishment, which would, which not wouldn't have happened if I would have stayed up in there in Seattle when, when all that was, uh, you know, presented at that time. So now I'll go back to 1912. Now we'll circle back. Um, Johnny Longden is, is in the car with his parents, his mom and his, and his siblings, and they're driving They're They're going to catch a ship and they got there too late and the ship was going off. And it was the Titanic. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh so I'm just I'm just putting a little story together about how things don't happen. You know, they they happen for a reason every right. single time. And so that was, yeah. So that was part of that amazing thing that I didn't realize at the time what a blessing everything was, but it it was meant to be. So that was a powerful story, and that's how I that's how I actually began began uh, began my jockey career was all because of those little things falling into place and yeah so. so tell us a little bit about your jockey career because you know you've had successes you've had failures you've had get back on the horse again <laughs> right literally get yeah back on the horse again um, yeah tell, tell us a little bit about you know some of the successes that you've had and then and then let's talk about some of those broken bones yeah Okay, so so my and the funny thing is, um, as I found out later on, the average career for a jockey is five years, and that being said, it is because of fear mm -hmm. and um, and getting too big. Because usually, when you start being a jockey, you start as a little kid because you have no fear, and and sometimes we outgrow the job. So that's kind of what happens. So I was able to go on. 35 years and it was um it was fall down get back up I mean I was always getting back on my horse because that's what I I loved so much I, I just loved riding the horses and people would say you, you just got busted up you know in a, in a racing accident and you want to come back and do it again and I'm like I can't wait to get back and do it again because I had so much passion for it I just that's my favorite place to be and it still is on the back of a horse's my favorite place to be. It's, it's such a, um, a, a, just an amazing connection to, I don't know, anybody that rides horses would feel the same way. I think it's so the, let me the ask connection. You, though, 
So let me interrupt you though and ask you, you know, what yeah. is it about riding a horse? Because everyone has, I mean, you know, I've I've ridden horses too. My dad had a horse. We always, you know, and he said to me, honey, let well in his accent, <laughs> he'd say, honey, <laughs> let's go for a ride. And I go, Oh God, what are we gonna do? Right. Cause you know, <laughs> we, we rode Western style in Colorado up on the mountains, you know, and just free riding, right? Wherever the wind takes us, or the horse would run, right? Um, wow. so, wow. but the sensation or the feeling that I have is probably associated more with my father than it is with, you know, being on the horse, except when we could just run full out up on the top of a mountain that didn't have any, um, trees or anything. Um, and, and there's a feeling there, right. But I think everyone has a different feeling. So tell us what, what it is it with you? Is it, is it the awe and power of this beautiful creature that, you know, that you're in sync with? Is it, um, you know, what is it for you? What is it that makes you, um, you know, love riding horses? Cause everybody's different. Yeah, everybody is different. And, uh, it's, it's just like anything. I mean, everybody has a different experience with everything in their life, but, for me, um, the connection that I that I feel with a horse when you hop on their back and their legs become yours, their their mind, you're you're thinking like them because you're anticipating what's going on ahead of you, and you're thinking like a horse. Actually, not not like you become a horse, but you become one with them, mm -hmm. and so your instincts are protecting them, and you're 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 quickly just adjusting to like this this oneness. Yeah, and for me, it's uh, it's such a great feeling because if you got a if you have a I mean I've been on over sixty seven thousand horses through the years, so I was able to connect with every single one of them. Some of them it's just like people. Some of them you don't really have a, a favor for. I mean, like, you're just, it's like yeah, we don't really the connect. Stride is off, or, you know the stride yeah, is off or, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, or or maybe mentally. I mean because. Yeah you know, we're all individuals. So, so mentally, sometimes we don't connect with other people as well as we do as other people. Mm -hmm. So there's that, we're always looking for that, that fit, um, which I had to adapt to every single one of them the best I could, because that was my job also mm -hmm. yeah. um, to, to, to connect and instantly connect because a lot of times I wouldn't even know the horse and I'd be riding it in a race for the first time. But um, to instantly connect and and make them feel like I'm gonna win because it's it's an energy that 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 comes from you through to them. So and that's what I do with life too. I mean, I I I I feel, I feel like you know what? It's this energy that we that we're given that we give back out to people that we know and to important for me with horses. But I do the same thing with humans also. So you're, so you're saying I was like a horse when you met me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> when we met for the first time, we couldn't stop talking, right? We had right. just a stride. We were just, you know, hop, hopping along and gliding along. And, you know, we had such a great uh, synergy. And, you know, I love that you can transfer that from, you know, uh, this beautiful, you know, powerful animal to, <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm giggling in a second, but, but uh, <laughs> this powerful animal to a human being, right? And this is where your mindset coaching comes in as well, you know, is helping people understand this, this rhythm that they need to have in their lives in order to have that confidence to do what they want to do, you know, and, 
and it's not bucking the system, so to speak. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in horse terms. Yeah, it's not really bucking this, you know, bucking it. It's it's riding with it and getting in the, you know, in the rhythm of it. The reason I'm laughing is because, you know, you know, I live in horse country, right? In in Virginia. Right. And so we have horses yeah. all around. I see them every day. I pet them every day. I, you know, people ride their horses instead of walking their dogs. Um, they walk alpacas, but they don't walk dogs as much as they walk. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. But, um, you know, I had a little puppy who passed away, you know, a dog who passed away. Uh -huh. Uh, three months ago and he was a little Maltese and he was always you know <laughs> he was going to get after this horse until I put him up to the nose of the horse and just just the the front part of the heart not even the eyes right it's like from the eyes down his snout was bigger than my dog and my dog would always you know <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. A little bit because they're so they're just so majestic and they're so powerful and they're so beautiful. Um so that's a little, I digress, right? I go down a little rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's what I, when I think about them, I think, you know, different different things that have happened. So, um, so you know, some of the successes you've had, you've, you've ridden some unbelievable horses in your career. You've won a lot of races. Is there anything, any specific race that stands out to you as the one that, wow, one, maybe it's some major race that you said, finally, I, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ride in that race and I'm going to be number one, or I'm going to, I, my goal is to be here. What, what was that for you? And kind of walk us through, you know, the feeling that you had after that race when it was so successful. Okay. There. So, so I have so many, because like I said, I've, I've been on so many, so many years. Yeah. 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 For 35 years and and the, in between all that was the roller coaster of being injured and yeah um recovering and coming back and getting back on the horse again um and and one of my you know i have so many highlights um uh, obviously that's what kept me going i mean it's it they always bring me back they you know because it's just it's it just hits me in the heart but um at one point i was you know i i never i never really had it in my soul to, that i wanted to go to the kentucky derby but I ended up with riding this horse and I was up in Seattle at the time. <clears throat> and I started, actually, I started in Southern California on the toughest circuit on the whole, in the whole country. But anyways, at one point I was up in Seattle and I was riding a horse who ended up being the best horse I've ever been on. So um, he's winning the races, the big races up in Seattle. And now we decided to send him to Southern California, to Santa Anita to run in the big race there, which was the Norfolk stakes. And um, the day that we we're going to race it's raining cats and dogs and mm. the track is sloppy mud right yeah. and so the funny thing is even though we came from Seattle I'm from Seattle originally but uh, even though this horse had come down from Seattle he'd never been in the mud so now you gotta you gotta find out does he like the mud or or not right <laughs> So you're right. So I mean, so and it's usually to find out the hard way. But in this case, I warmed him up in the post parade before the race and let him go a little bit fast to see if he handled it nicely. And he did. And I ended up winning the race. And it was um, it was the ultimate because it was such a big deal. And there was an inquiry and 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 um and, and, and being in an in inquiry means that I I caused a little bit of tightness on someone in the stewards, which are the three principles. Mm -hmm. called down on the phone they said okay what's going on out there but as they called down on the phone and I'm and I'm nervous because it's a three hundred thousand dollar race and I was like oh my biggest race of my career at that time 
So um, I, I was, the, the guy called me on the phone and he said, uh, is this your first grade one steak race? And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, congratulations. And then he hung up and I was like, <laughs> oh, oh. Thank <laughs> right. Yeah. I, thank goodness. Thank yeah, goodness. So, so yeah. do jockeys, do jockeys get paid a portion of the purse? Do they get paid a portion when they win like that? Or are you just salaried no matter what or, or whatever? How does yeah, that work? That's a good question. That's a good question because um, a lot of people don't know how it breaks down and it's, it's a set fee. Let's say uh, an average, I guess it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really equate because every track is different. So yeah, yeah. let's say, yeah, let's say you're racing at Santa Anita and just to ride the race will be like $150. I'm just putting an average out there. So yeah. it's a $150 pay scale. Um, if you finished anywhere from fourth to last. So first, second, and third, you're, you're getting a percentage of uh, the purse of the race. Mm -hmm. So, so each race that the horses are running in, they're running for, if you look in the program, they'll, they'll run for, uh, let's say it's a hundred thousand. Let's say the race is running for a hundred thousand dollars. And 60% of that will go to the winner of that race. Yeah. So 60% goes to the winner of the, of the horse that owns the guy that owns that horse gets 60%. So 60,000, 60, will go to that owner. Now then he'll pay the jockey 10%. Yeah. So that's where I would get, I would get six and, yeah. and the trainer would get 10% also. So then it breaks down. That's kind of how the breakdown goes. Yeah. So so first, second, and third will get ten percent in those big races like that, and then the rest is like one hundred and fifty. So you gotta, you have to win to make it worthwhile, and worthwhile. also yeah. I mean, you're risking. Life well, you have to that, love. So. You have to love the sport. So that that begs me, yeah. you know, this question now is, you know, yeah. given the fact that you know you might only make one hundred and fifty dollars in this example, one hundred and fifty dollars for riding the horse and putting your life on the line and all that stuff. Um, is it, is it really, I mean, I, I know the answer to the question. you you think it's really worth it. Definitely. But how many bones have you broken and how much money have you spent fixing you versus the winnings? Did you come out ahead? <laughs> right. Oh my God. That's a good question. You know, the bottom yeah. line is I did come out ahead because here I am because, yes. um, at, at the end of the day, I, I feel like life is just beginning for me now. And, and even though I've, I've overcome, I mean, it's been 40 broken bones and I was, um, I was at 32 and when I retired from racing, um, I decided, okay, I'm going to walk away from this on my own two legs. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and I was still, excuse me, I was still working with horses in the mornings because I loved it so much. And it's, it's about timing for me going fast. Um, you have to have a, a clock in your head. So um, I enjoyed doing that still in the mornings. And then I was thrown off one morning and the horse kicked me, which I've never been kicked. I mean, I've been run over, but I've never been kicked. So anyway, I broke eight ribs in my back here. And they, and, and it was, it was actually a bit of, I'll tell you, share that story real quick. Um, it was a bit of a comedy happened in Kentucky and it was real country. Um, I, I, I was standing there after I was kicked and I, and I couldn't breathe at all. And a guy drives up in an old beater ambulance and he says, <clears throat> he comes walking up. He's a big guy, kind of country, puts his arm around me and he goes, well, I can tell you I broke some ribs. And I, and I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I know, I know I did because I've broken enough stuff. You've and he goes, something. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. He goes, well, you want me to drive you to the hospital or, or you want to 
drive yourself or do you want to get an ambulance? And I go, ambulance? I mean, I can barely talk, but right. thank God I, I got the ambulance. Yeah. I, but I, I, if I could laugh, I would have laughed just because it was, it was funny because I was a train wreck. And um, <clears throat> anyway, so that was my 40th broken bone that I had. And I was, and that was at the last time I got uh, on a racehorse, you know, I've been on ponies since I, like I said, I, I can't stay away from the horses. So that's another, just another side story to what happened to kind of finish me off in the, in the racing world, you know, if, as much as I love it, I, yeah. I decided, you know, what? well, it might be a, another uh, ceiling. It might be another ceiling for you to break through at some point to say, I'm going to do right. it one more time, you know, and jump out of the plane. Right. It's, it's like, you know, George Bush senior who, who jumped out of your plane till he was what, 97 years old or something. So I know yeah. one, of the, one of the things that helped heal you, and this was something that, you know, people were asking you is like, how are you healing so fast? How are you walking around with these eight broken ribs, you know, on the backside, right? Not the front of your body, but the backside of your body. So tell us a little bit about um, Beamer, right? Beamer and what you're doing with that, uh, you know, for, for people and for animals, you know, cause I know you're doing, you're doing some of this for yourself as well. Um, and maybe, Correct. you know, for some of your clients. So tell us a little bit about this, this next, you know, we say that your mess becomes your mission or your message, right? We've heard message, but I think it becomes a mission for you. It's a miss a mission. This is something now that you, you know, I know you've saved a horse's life. I'd love to hear that story again so that everyone can hear that. Um, you know, but how, how have you put this into play with what you're doing now and your mindset coaching at the same time? Yeah, that, and, and I think it's all uh, part of the uh, bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'll go back to a really quick story about like when, when I was younger and I was racing and I was competitive, I was going to be, I wanted to be leading rider. And my grandfather who was training at the time said, I have a lady down at the barn and she was, uh, um, uh, when you connect with uh, people that are in the, in, that are gone, medium. 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 So the, yeah, medium medium was at the barn and she was reading the horses and she was and she was reading the people and she and she read through everybody and she got to me and she said, You should have been a preacher. And and all I wanted to hear was you're gonna be leading rider, you you know what I mean? Right. I, and and uh, you know what I mean? so that's part of this thing that's been going on for some reason and, and she I think she saw something. So that in turn, as my experience goes along, the, the mindset coaching, which I'm helping a lot of people with uh, athletes and just people in general, mm-hmm. um, getting their mind in a better place. Um, and then fast forward into, um, I was in Germany about eight years ago with my wife, who's from, from Germany. And we, we were learning about this thing called the Beamer, B-E-M-E-R. Mm-hmm. And um, we did some investigating and decided to get one. So for me, with my broken bones, I thought, you know, this is a, it's a no brainer because what it does, it works. At, it's a PEMF, which is a pulse electromagnetic signal that goes through your body and it, and it gets your blood circulating at the micro level, you know, yeah. so yeah. not really the veins, but the, they're really so, and it just keeps things flowing and it keeps your body moving. So um, which helps your body heal itself. So which is kind of a no brainer because when you're younger, that all goes on anyway. So um, the more I learned about this, and this was only for my own benefit that I got into the Beamer, um, I started thinking, well, you know, I mean, if I could help other people, cause I mean, I see what's doing for myself, then I thought, you know what, I'll start 
promoting it and and seeing what I can do with other people if I can help them in their lives and in their mindset because that actually helps with your mind too when your blood's flowing you yeah, feel it doesn't flow throughout from your neck down yeah. into your muscles I mean no. it flows throughout your whole body right yeah exactly so it's I mean it's your whole body you lay on a mat or you sit on a thing or you or have a map a little pad that goes across you or wherever you need to put it so um, now, um, the lady that I was working with, her name was Linda Tellington Jones. And she's a, I mean, you could look her up. She's a, an, an amazing, um, icon in the, in a, um, horse therapy world and horse, you know, horse world and, and animals, actually she's about 85. But anyway, I was working with her with the Beamer and, um, she's, she created a thing called the Tellington touch, which helps horses heal with her own techniques. And she's written a ton of books and my wife was a huge fan of hers. That's how, that's how I was introduced to Beamer. So um, she, she says to me, how about I'm, I'm going to send you the horse blanket of the Beamer, which they just at that time just came out. It was about six years ago. And um, she asked me to go to the track and introduce it to people at the track. And I said, well, I, I don't really want to go to the track with it. But I, I said, um, we were at a retirement horse place in Kentucky and I was able to have access to old retired horses. So um, I asked them, you know, cause my wife is an artist and she was painting all of these famous horses where horses like Silver Charm and Game On Dude and all these uh, really popular like movie star horses that are living at this place in Kentucky. So a lot of them are, they're older and that's why they're there, they're retired. So, um, I asked him for a, a specimen, uh, let's say, give me your worst horse that I can try this horse blanket, you know, this Beamer. I want to see what this Beamer does for a horse. So um, <clears throat> they brought out this horse and, and he comes out of the stall walking with his back legs tripping over one, themselves. And, and I was looking at him going, what is wrong with him? And he had a condition called EPM, which is a neurological disorder where their, their back ends are just dripping and, and they, they give them medication and it can actually help them, but sometimes it gets worse and they'll have to put them down. It's just, uh, it's inevitable what, what goes on. <laughs> Excuse me again. So anyway, I, I thought, okay, well, what do we have to lose here? They've been, he's been on medication. He's, he's, a. um, a 17 year old horse. He was 17 hands. He made a million dollars. He ran in uh, he's 100 young. races. He he's young. Yeah, he's only 17. He's just in worse, worse shape, but he's young. Yeah. Yeah. His, his condition was declining and he was, um, he's young in the horse world. He's old in the horse racing world, but yes. I mean, he's yes. young in the horse. Right? Right. right. And his condition was, was, was taking him out. And, and it was a beautiful, lovely horse i mean he was such a sweet sweet horse anyway i i put this blanket on him and the first day of nothing you go 5 10 15 minutes and you feel nothing i mean there it's it's very subtle i've been on um, him the first i've been laying on him right <laughs> yeah okay yeah so you don't feel anything it's like no. is this thing on yeah so the second day yeah is it, is it working so the second day nothing and the third day he comes walking out of his stall like this straight in his back legs where he was tripping like this yeah and I, and everybody was looking at him like what's going on so the fifth day he was bucking and playing like he was a three-year-old kid and I was going okay and so that's why I was really like I knew it was working on me but to see a horse or a dog 
um, who can't talk to you, um, how they respond. That's why I was like, I was, it's black and white. It's as simple yeah. as that, you know, mm. uh, with an animal, you can't say, Hey, try, try this pill. I think it's going to make you feel better. You can't talk to them like that. You either, either it works or it doesn't. And that's how, that's just one example that I've seen. And I worked with this horse and I was able to, to make that huge recovery where he was going to be put down. So yeah, I, it was, I think it's beautiful. It was, and I just have it all in my mind, right? I can see this horse walking. I can see that him now bucking and probably his eyes change too, you know, oh, yeah. um, oh. you know, because when you look in a horse's eyes, you can see when they're in pain and you can see, and I bet his eyes changed and it was probably a, you know, a beautiful touching sight for you to see. And, and it became your mission, you know, to continue to do that. So Let's let's move over to as we finish up our time together today. Let's move over yes. to um, you know what you're doing for athletes now. Um, you know, in helping them build confidence. Why do you feel that this is something that's needed? Why why this niche? Why this mindset confidence? Not so much because I've never heard you say the word breakthrough. Not to say that you haven't done breakthroughs with people, but you really talk about building confidence in changing your mindset for building confidence to become a better athlete. So tell us why that niche, where, where did that come from that you felt? And then maybe you could tell us a story about someone you've helped, not giving their names, but someone you helped. Right. Right. Yes. Um, I, I, I think it's because of all, like I said, it kind of goes back to maybe the medium saying you should have been a preacher, but for some reason it's <laughs> not that. I mean, but it's, 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 it's my, it's my way of giving back to someone's soul to, to help in their, in their God-given talent, because I'm not taking someone and going, you're going to be a great athlete. And because I'm talking to you, um, they already have, it. they're, they're already gifted people that I've been working with. They're, they're, they're athletes in, in whether it be a hockey player, a cross country runner, equestrian jumper, barrel racer, um, golfer i mean i've worked with all in none of these things i've really done i mean i was a jockey so but what it comes down to is is the is the mindset and and one of the things that i learned early on is you shouldn't be able to tell whether someone just in my in my terms won a hundred thousand dollar race by a nose or lost a hundred thousand dollar race by a nose because that mindset right that mindset is like when you win, you're like, oh my God, how can you not feel that high? Or when you get beat that far, how can you not feel that low? Because it's it's an emotional roller coaster. So to be on that that even plane, this is this is one of the biggest things um, that I find is is the hardest things because all athletes that I find that that come to me um, have that they're they're they they got it they they're focused they're they're really talented. They're doing great at whatever they do. And they come into a spot where they got a roadblock and they can't get through it. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I'm able, yes. I, I, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy, but I, I have a conversation with them and, and I'll talk with them. And sometimes it may be for an hour and, and I'll have um, at, at the end of it, I, I, I really don't know what I said because sometimes it's just coming out. It's just coming That's out of true. me. And, yeah. and I've had their, their, their parents, a lot of times of these athletes, so, and in a lot of cases, will say to me, what did you say? 
And I'll, I'll say, I don't know, actually. I really can't <laughs> bottle it up. Tell but you hand over said. your money. But hand over your money. <laughs> yeah, but hand over your money. So, but that's, it. Yeah. and for some reason, they, the, yeah. every single one of them went on and were unstoppable. So, um, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's something I really, I really enjoy doing that. Yeah. And it's really helping people break through that 212 degrees, right? If you, I mean, for those that are listening here and don't know what that is, you know, at 211 degrees, water is very, very hot at 212, it boils. And it's that one degree of difference. And that's why they say it's this one degree. It's, but it's that nose winning by a nose or losing by a nose at one degree. And I think even a business set, you know, it's, it's missing that goal by, dang it. (laughs) Right. We're missing that goal by one thing. And, and the psyche that it creates is, you know, well, maybe I wasn't meant to be that, or, you know, maybe I didn't pay attention enough. And so you start doing this self, this negative self-talk. And then the next year, you can't even get close to the goal that you had the previous year. Because you've got this self-talk that has prevented you rather than, hey, I was almost there. All I need to do is do one, two, and three things, you know, and by God, next year, I don't need to meet the goal. I'm going to surpass it. Right. And that that's the kind of thinking you're talking about. And and this, I think, is important for all of us. It's not just, you know, just in athletes. Um, Although I understand the mentality because I was one as well. So I get that. You know, I get that mm-hmm. psyche. You know, it's funny. My daughter, um, she when she graduated from college, she was working for the Olympics, and um, uh, and so what she did is she went to all the colleges around the United States and everything, and they would have the pre Olympic trials, right? So that you could be going even for it's sort of it's sort of like you know all the this Miss Colorado Springs, and then you went to Miss Colorado, and then you went to Miss U, you know USA, and then whatever universe. And so it was the same kind of thing. And she said, you know, and she's an event planner. So she's there making sure everything's there for them, all their little tchotchkes and their swag bags and all the stuff that they need in the water for the tri. She was doing um, uh, triathlons and, uh, you know, part of the triathlon. So she needed to make sure everything's there. And she said, I really want to have like a meet and greet the night before. Nobody would show up because one word from one athlete who's your competitor could spiral you into, you know, circling the drain. Um, just a simple question like, hey, how's your workouts going? Oh, they're going great. Oh, are mine great? Or are mine just good? Maybe they're better than mine. Yeah. Is there something I don't know? Yeah. And she said, it's amazing how they will not communicate with one another because that psyche is so important. So how do you help people break through those issues that they're having? Is it a self-reflection and creating better worth or is it, is it an inside job or is it an external job? It's 100% inside job. I mean, it's, it's, it's here. I mean, it's as simple as that because um, it's, it's, uh, it's our own, it's our own inner soul that, that has that, but sometimes it just needs to be massaged a little bit and just kind of like, okay, it's okay. You know, and it's, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, we're competitive. We're all competitive. I mean, this is, this is life, you know, and and whether an athlete or just living life, but I, I think there, there's just, I think people come to a spot where they just need a little bit of somebody that can relate and, and they can kind of just open up, or maybe I just touch a nerve and I, and it's, I don't know what it is, but like, if I, if I speak to different people, like I said, I, these are not things that I've ever done, but 
um, it's it's all in our minds because yeah. this is what either makes us go up or it makes us go down or it keeps us here or you're going to accept that you know so and, yeah. and nobody should accept that because we all we all need to push it beyond it you know and and keep fighting and, and shooting from the start because that's what it's all about I mean it's you know that that journey that that it takes us on I mean this is this is why we get up in the morning this is why we take care good care of ourselves so yeah. you know and and, and putting the right people in our lives and taking some people out of our lives, you're, you're keeping that whole flow moving in the right direction because you got to make it the best you can in every way you can. So it's, it's the people, it's the mindset, it's the, the, the way you start your day. It's the way you do your day. So yeah, it's and, beautiful. And, and the things that you put in here. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So Joe, listen, it's been fantastic talking to you. How does someone get a hold of you? What's the best way they for can, someone to get a hold of you? You can call me, I mean, if you like, or you can contact me on my email address. You know, uh, my email is joejsteiner at yahoo.com. Um, and my mindset coaching is um, joejsteiner.com, you know, but yep. um, yeah, you can email me or you can call me too. You can text me, you know, it's 626-806-7223. Yep. And, we'll make sure, yep. and we'll make sure that we have all that information in the, um, in the, uh, notes, right. In the, in the show. Oh, notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Joe, like down below. what would <laughs> you like to leave to the person who's listening to this? Talk to them directly. What would you like to say to them to really drive in what you've talked about here today? Well, don't, don't accept where you're at just just always feel like you know what it can be better i can make myself better and knowing that someone's out there that will listen to you and help you find that all right i'm going in the right direction that's all I, that's that's what i want to be that guy that can help you take it to another level and and feel like you know what it's all right it's all right I love it. I love it that you just said, I just wrote it down too, is don't accept where you're don't, at. Yeah. Don't accept where Don't yeah. accept it and never accept it because you always have to strive to take it to another level and, and challenge yourself. But it's it's easy to say that. Um, but when you do, man, it's the most rewarding. And that's what we're all looking for that. What's the reward at the end of it all? What are we, what are we doing this for? What are, What are we getting up in the morning for what are we what are we um you know living life for i mean it's it's the it's to enjoy this journey and make it the best we can and make it contagious and that's my biggest thing is is making it contagious you know if i can bring something to you and make you feel better and you can make someone else feel better then my yeah. job's done and that's what that's my that's my goal yeah. I love it. I love what you're doing. I love what your wife is doing. Um, you know, her photos are not photos, her paintings. <laughs> they look like photos. Uh -oh. They're so yeah. real. They're so real that I think, you know, they look like photo uh, paintings. And I hope one day to have the opportunity to bid on one, <laughs> right? <laughs> to bid oh, on absolutely. one, to get, to get one of those in my hands. I just think that they're, you know, absolutely beautiful. I'm, I'm looking over here. Uh, you know, I have a lot of hunt country stuff in my office and I have pictures of horses and riders and, 
you know, just beautiful moments, um, you know, and it's just, I, I can't wait to add it to my collection. Can't wait. But Joe, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for, for being willing to be on the show. You know, as soon as we met, I go, oh, I gotta have you on the show. We gotta, we gotta make sure. And I'm still counting on you and your family to come out here and visit us in the spring <laughs> so that we can show you around. We're, yeah. I can't. Uh, we're, we're, count we're counting on that. We're looking forward to yeah. it. I think that'd be outstanding. Yeah, and we're all about travel. So, I mean, it's what yeah. we are, we're traveling family. So. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again. Yeah. And and thank you so much for listening in and taking time out of your busy day. I want to remind you again to scroll down, give us a great five-star rating and write something beautiful about what you heard from Joe, a quote, a story, something that you could take action on so that you can break through your glass ceiling. And last but not least, click on the link to follow us, subscribe, follow whatever we do nowadays on YouTube, subscribe to my channel so that you can watch us as well as listen to us. And with that, we'll catch you next time on Success to Significance. See you later. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.